1: We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Pharrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad seat, a broken date, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad lot, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios at the Varella Palatial, right across the river through the woods from where Granny's up watching her favorite show and puffing on a jet fuel gelato stick in New York City. The Big Apple, ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, to break the to some kind of fashion, shake it up, do, but all my friends that come around, flat to, flat to party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, tides and tatter. my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do be it, ooh. Hey, what's kicking? I'm Pharrell with Mafia tonight. The number is toll-free 844-843-6879 to get on the bench. I'll start with this because they're in between periods in Vegas. 2-0 Montreal. To Foley, uh made it 2 zip earlier. Armia, the opener, at 6-12 of the first period. He scored from Edmondson and Perry. And then uh, Toffoli late in the period. Caulfield and Petrie with the bloodshot eyes. Petrie rocking the bloody eyes tonight in his... Uh, whites are absolutely purple. I don't know if you've seen this guy's eyes tonight. What's going on there? It looks like Satan or something. Either way, it's working for him. 2-0 Montreal. Here's what I noticed about the game, uh, that the Canadians are dominating the game physically, and the Knights can't even get a shot. They had four shots in the entire period, 12-4 in shots, Montreal. They scored on two of them. You got four shots, four saves by Carey Price. The one thing I noticed was how tough they were hitting Montreal and how incredibly, like, brick, rock solid they were in front of the net for Price. Like, they are letting nothing into the crease or slot. They are, You go in there, you're getting lit up. So you, you skate in like you're going to score, you're going to get hit, and your mother's going to feel it. I mean, Montreal is dominating the game physically, and they're controlling the entire ice surface from end to end. They're up, two. I told you today on Coast to Coast, grab the one-and-a-half on the puck line with Montreal. I said I felt very sketchy on laying 295 with the Knights, because you're dealing with Carey Price. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll, you know, believe it when I see it. I don't know about you, Mafia, but that you give that guy a two goal lead and you got guys hitting and playing in front of him like they are, I don't see him blowing it, to be honest with you tonight.
2: No, the way they're playing tonight is exactly what they need to do against Vegas, how they need to respond. You got to get in their face. You got to, you know, body on body, not give them that space to find those shots, not be, you know, give them the opportunity to do. Take price out and get the open guy like they did on the, you know, the one time goal before. You gotta make them take everything from the outside, make them take it with someone on them so they don't get much, you know, mustard on it. And that's what they're doing. They're being physical with them and they're being, you know, right in their face, and they can't give them any room. They're doing that, you know, in this game. We'll see if they can continue to do that.
1: So here's the deal. They're actually uh, you know, on the cusp of and not only that, it, the other thing is is that like Flurry looks really sketchy tonight. I don't know about you, but I saw them have shots. We welcome our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Mighty or 1090 sports map byline armed forces radio. So here's the deal. It looked to me like he was sketchy in the, in the net. Like he wasn't confident. Like he was off. Like he was seeing shots, but his reaction was off. His body language indicated he was having trouble with finding it and with being in the right place, like they had shots that got deflected, but he was like trying to make glove saves and the puck was never at his glove. I saw him like overreacting to shots that weren't there. You know what I mean? Like he thought a shot was going to go high, but it was never even a shot, let alone high. And he was like up in the air trying to make a save. I'm like, what's going on with this guy tonight? He doesn't look like himself. Sure enough, it's two nothing. Nothing. I mean, there is definitely something not right uh, tonight uh, with Vegas. And we'll see if they can respond. We'll see in the second period if they can, you know, score, tie it up, whatever. But right now, it looks to me like Montreal is dominating this game so far. And remember, if they win and even it up, they take home ice and they go back to the Bell Center in Montreal for games three and four. And I am telling you. When you have a goalie as good as that guy, Carey Price, anything is possible. I know that they were plus four forty or uh, what minus four forty to win the uh, series, heavy favorites, Vegas. You could have gotten uh, just enormous plus three thirty or something on uh, at the very beginning on Montreal. Game by game, they've been you know heavy favorites, three to one favorites tonight, and they're getting her ass beat. Tonight. So, is this a sign of things to come? It could very well be. As far as the NBA goes, later this hour, Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio on Sirius will join us uh, about 25 past the hour. And then uh, it's 103.94 right now. Philly is up. They were up as many as 22, 24 points, and now their lead has shrunk.
5: It has come to our attention that some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Winning after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: I throw on the bench with my off. Hey, dude, honestly. Have you ever seen anything like how bad this guy Simmons sucks at the line? He's 4 of 14, and there's three minutes left in this game. And he's literally worthless. From He cannot shoot. He can't shoot from the floor. He can't shoot from the line. He's, I think, a detriment, believe it or not. He's 2 of 4 in a game. And he's... He hasn't shot a three. He's two of four, and he's made four uh, four free throws. So four of 14 from the line, two field goals. He's got eight points and two turnovers. You cannot tell me uh, that is effed up. You cannot have this guy in the last five minutes of a game on the floor, frankly, and I, I'm just going to say it, when you have a guy literally – uh in Shake Milton, who's done nothing obviously because they don't play him uh 12 minutes in the game, but you have George Hill and Shake Milton. Milton's two for two from the line. Why in God's name, Mafia, would you let that guy be on the floor in the last five minutes? Every time he touches the ball, the Hawks foul him. He goes to the line, he misses both. I mean, get him out of the game because he sucks so bad. Why would you? This is unbelievable to me, Mafia. What kind of coach in their right mind? Doc Rivers is obviously an asshat. How do you leave this guy in because he's your boy or something? Like uh, you're gonna stand up for him. You're you're gonna like back your boy. I mean, now they got Milton in. They finally took him out of the game. You know why they took him out of the game? Because he sucks. I mean, why is he in the game? He was just in the entire fourth quarter he was in. They finally took him out of the game after he's 4-14. Explain that to me, Mafia. How bad does Doc Rivers suck as a coach to leave that guy in when he's that bad?
2: Yeah, honestly, I don't know if it's blind loyalty or just plain-out stupidity. You know, if the guy's that bad... You know, you're going to try, I'm sure, after the game, they're going to ask him all these questions because they have every time he has a performance like this where he's just choking and bricking free throws and shots and not doing anything for you. And he's going to give us something about like, oh, well, you know, he sets the tone offensively and he's a great defender, but you know what? I'm a great defender. You know, if he's out there and Trey Young's still popping off for 30, I know he's shooting like crap with 8 of 20, but still, the guy's still got 30 points. It's not like you're really stopping him. Take him out, put Milton, because he's a good defender too, and he's going to actually hit the damn free throws. You're going to blow the game by having loyalty to this kid who can't hit a damn free throw. Shaq hit better free throw numbers than this.
1: How about this? They were up, like, I don't even know. Like, I'm willing to say, at the very least, they were up like 22 points. I saw the lead. At one point, it might have been 24. And right now, they're up four with two and a half minutes left. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I know they went on like this gigantic run. At one point, it was 15 to two to run. But I, I think they're in this game because um, now it's a two-point game. They're in this game because Ben Simmons absolutely sucks and so does his coach. I mean, I, I can't even uh, believe what I'm watching right now. They were down 24 points. And now it's a two-point game and no one on the Sixers can hit a shot. Embiid, nobody. And I know that Embiid and Curry have had huge games, but not in the last 10 minutes.
2: The largest lead in this game was 26 for Philadelphia. 26.
1: I mean, it is so unbelievable to me. Now Harris shoots a brick. I mean, it's one brick after the next. They're going to lose the game. They're going to lose this game. They can take the lead on this possession with a minute and a half left. I mean, this is absolutely surreal. They're up 26. I thought I had this game in the bag. I mean, in the bag. I was not even thinking twice about it. I'm like, this game's over. Now they get Thibel with the foul on the pump fake shot, lean in foul. The You know, the... Rule that the NBA is trying to change in the offseason is this exact play. He gets him up in the air, leans into him, gets the call. Now he gets three free throws, and I'll guarantee you the Hawks are going to have the lead here in a second because this guy's not missing in clutch time with free throws. There's one. It's a one-point game. They're going to have a one-point lead when he walks off the line with a minute 26 left. And the Sixers have choked. Absolutely choked. I can't even believe what I'm watching. Young's got 35, make it 36. Tie game now. He's gonna hit the last one too, and they're gonna have the lead. This is I mean, I, this is the greatest meltdown I've ever seen. I mean, this is unbelievable. I can't even believe what I'm watching. I'm gonna puke as a better. I'm gonna this is a bad beat. I I mean, I'm gonna puke. They're in the lead now. I told you he'd hit all three. 105-104 Atlanta, minute 26 left, in a timeout. I mean, I just can't even fathom what I'm watching because I think Doc Rivers is the worst. He left that guy in there in the second half to just continually miss free throws. Four of 14 from the line. How bad are you? How in God's name... Do you leave a guy in in an NBA playoff game that can not hit the broad side of a barn? He played 37 minutes and went 4 of 14 with his four rebounds and nine assists and eight points. I think he's pathetic. Honestly, I think Ben Simmons' game is pathetic. All he can do, and I won't deny this, I won't deny he's got size and defensive skill, and layups and dunks—he's second to none. The guy can get to the ten and, and lay it in, and he can get to the ten and dunk. But he literally, from two feet out, has no game whatsoever. None. You can't even argue it. You—you you cannot argue that that guy has any kind of game at all because he cannot shoot. He can't shoot threes. He can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot mid-range. He is flat-out atrocious. Meanwhile, they leave him in for almost 90% of this game to just brick and brick and brick and brick. I mean, one after the next. I saw him missing for free throws in this game late, and they were all bricks. I mean, not one of them looked like they were going in. He went to the line, and Mafia and I were in a break, and I said to him, I said, I mean, this guy is missing free throws like no one's business. Like, I was like, he can't even hit, like, come close. He can't even come close to making a free throw. And he's just clanking them off the back of the iron, the front of the iron. The guy has no concept of distance and timing and rhythm and, you know, muscle memory. The free throw, that's what it's about. It's about... Shooting millions of them and and doing the same thing every time with muscle memory, just just absolutely walking up and popping it. I shoot a, I, you know somewhere around a hundred free throws every day of my life, and it's all about muscle memory. And it's you know I, I won't deny that it's a hard shot. Moth and I played in a lot of games, and in those games. Late in the game, in the fourth quarter, or whatever, we've had to go to the line and make free throws, and it's hard. It's no joke when you're tired, when you're winded, and when there's pressure, and you're, you know, you got a lead slipping like Philadelphia. You're in a in a game. Mafi and I've been in that situation a million times, and it's not easy to make the free throws. But everybody thinks they're so easy free throws everybody's like can you believe this guy can't hit a free throw or this college kid can you believe this kid can't hit a free throw or high school can you believe this kid can't hit a free throw it's easier said than done everybody thinks it's so easy until they're standing at that line with that pressure and when they're tired and winded and gassed whatever and breathing heavy and there's stress and pressure you can miss that shot like nobody's business right now a minute 13 left The Sixers have blown a 26-point lead. Atlanta has a one-point lead. And the ball. I believe they have the ball. Because the last thing I saw was Philly missing again, and they didn't get the rebound. the problem with people everybody expects every team in the effin league to win the super bowl one team wins the rest of
5: them lose nothing for you how about that one last indignity
1: I mean, for all intents, this is unbelievable to me. I, I can't even believe what I'm watching. I, I really can't. Now, MB just got fouled with 10 seconds left. He's at the line. They're down three. Meanwhile, they got Curry, who's been great tonight. And they got Shake Milton, who can allegedly hit threes. And even Harris, who's done nothing tonight. And he misses the free throw. That's it. Game over. I mean, it is unbelievable to me. I've never seen anything like this meltdown. Up 26, and they're going to lose this game to Atlanta tonight. Mitch Lawrence is with NBA Radio on Sirius XM. He's on the bench. Mitch, I have never in my life uh, seen a guy, Doc Rivers. He must be stupid. I mean, I, I'm done with all this other stuff. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he didn't win in Boston because he was a great coach. He won in Boston because they had the big ticket. And Allen and Pierce. And now everything else, what he did with the Clippers was he ran them into the ground, and now he's doing the same thing in Philly. I have never in my life seen a guy leave a guy in like Simmons who absolutely sucks. My dog shoots free throws better than Ben Simmons. He's a liability. (laughs) And don't tell me that he's a baller because he can only play deep dunk. That's it. He's got no other game whatsoever. And he left him in for 37 minutes.
5: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the problem with the Sixers has always been, and I've been saying this to you and other people, I think I said it to you, they don't have anybody on this team who can go get them a basket late in the game. Make something out of nothing at the end of a shot clock. That's the role that Jimmy Butler had a long time ago, and they never have replaced him. And you know Daryl Morey is sitting there in Philadelphia somewhere in his office or in the crowd, wherever he is, and he's watching this, and he's thinking, maybe I need to fire, maybe I need to fire Doc Rivers if they lose this series because they should not be losing to the Atlanta Hawks, but they have a flawed roster, and we've seen that. And it starts, hey, you know, the other night down in Atlanta when they needed a three-point shot when it was that whole Shake Milton and Steph Curry deal, Where was Ben Simmons? He's sitting on the bench. Why? Because he can't shoot threes. He can't shoot. So, yeah, a lot of problems in Philadelphia. And Atlanta? Wow. I mean, could you imagine Atlanta getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, they could. They could.
1: Well, I mean, uh, they're on the verge of it. Uh, They get to go home for game six. And uh, I I have to tell you, like, I thought – I thought game four was ugly, uh, that they got real lucky uh, to win that game because they shot so poorly in the game. And uh, I, I just it was inexplicable how they pulled that one off. And then tonight they're down 26. When they were down yeah. 26, did you not think
5: that game was in the bag? You would think. You would think. And then all of a sudden, in the span of about four, four minutes on game clock, it went from, I think, 24 down to, like, you know, nine or something. So they're right. right back in it. For the longest time, the Hawks couldn't get their shots off because they're small, especially when Embiid's in there. But, you know, hey, things change. And they can make shots. Trey Young, he showed you, you know, other other players. Gallinari made a big shot like. So this is a problem now. They've got some confidence. Atlanta's playing with house money. You know that. that. I mean, this is a great year for Atlanta as it is, getting this far. If they get to the conference finals, that'd be the best. I mean, that, that'd be unbelievable for Andy McMillan. But Doc Rivers getting back to him, we know he can blow 3-1 leads in the playoffs. He's done that a couple of times. And that's why he got fired by the uh, the Clippers. So, yeah, this would be another – this would be really a big hit to Doc's reputation. To have the number one seed in the East go down in flames, that is not good.
1: Oh, my God. And, like, the other night, remember, Gallinari didn't do jack. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Bogdanovich couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. You know, even though he put up, uh, like, whatever it was, 23 points or whatever, he still missed a ton of shots the other night in Atlanta, and so did Young. Young put up, like, he had, like, whatever it was, uh, you know. I actually want to go back and just uh, for the sake of it, uh, if I could. uh, Like, I don't even know. but all I know is you know what I'm talking about. In game in game four, they those two guys. The bottom line was is that Bogdanovich and Young had all the points, but they both shot miserably. I mean, they both shot. They both missed at least fifteen shots, and yeah, right. they were just shooting. They were just shooting high volume, and they weren't making them. But they both ended up with twenty three and twenty five points. But it was ugly. They shot like thirty six percent from the floor. They had no business winning that game. But they did. I had Atlanta to win and getting three, and they won. Now tonight, you're down 26, and you come back and win this game. What does that say to you about – because Golinari turned it around tonight. He just hit a huge shot that put him up three. And, you know, tonight he's got 16. Bogdanovich did nothing again. He had six, but it was Young with 39 and Collins with 19. And this game's over now. Uh, Atlanta wins yep. it, 109-106. But I, you know what? Honestly, you said it before. Daryl Morey, I mean, you can't tell me that if they lose this series that he can't, uh, you know, at least have the thought process that he – he'll never have oh. the stones to fire Doc Rivers, but he should. Doc Rivers tonight well, you exposed remember, to me that he's
5: stupid. He's stupid. you got to remember, Doc Rivers – wasn't Doc Rivers in place before Daryl Morey got there? I believe he was. Yes. You're right. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be very interesting to see what Darryl Morey wants to do, what the Philadelphia owners want to do. And, of course, there's money involved, as there always is, in terms of if they would make a move for Doc Rivers. But this is a brutal loss. This is a bad series now for Philadelphia. And the more Embiid plays, that knee's not getting any better. I know he put up some numbers tonight, but I'm talking about long term. I mean, you know, even if they get it past Atlanta, then they've got to deal with probably the Nets. Cause it looks like the Bucks are cooked off of last night's debacle. Uh, who's to say Embiid's gonna be around for much longer? We got people dropping like flies, as you know, all-star caliber players in the NBA. Kawhi, Chris Paul for COVID. I mean, it's, it's, it's turning into a nightmare for the NBA.
1: Do you think uh, – because I thought uh, – you know, I'm sick of hearing about Embiid's knee. If his knee's so bad, then don't play. He plays every night. He, he cries about his knee, but he puts 37 in. He played 39 minutes. He was 12 of 20, 2 of 4 from 3. Hit. Uh, he, he had 13 rebounds, 5 dimes. I don't want to hear about your and knee when you put up numbers like that. I really yeah. don't. I'll say this, though. Um, they're, you know, they're in big trouble. I mean, big trouble it's because uh, you cannot lose a 26-point lead in a game five in your building when everybody's partying and rocking and drinking and making out in the crowd, and then you lose that game. That may have been, Mitch, the ugliest loss I've ever seen in my life. They just choked like nothing I've ever seen.
5: It's a brutal loss. It's a absolutely brutal loss, and we're going to have to see what happens now when they go back to Atlanta if they can keep their season alive. I don't know if they can. I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, Atlanta's just like, uh, you know, Atlanta's, I mean, Trey Young, how about the job Lou Williams did coming off the bench? He, he, you know, he'll give you one of those games once in a while. But this is a brutal loss for Philadelphia. There's no, and I agree with you on, on Embiid. It was embarrassing the other night. He missed all 12 of his shots in the second half. The last layup attempt was absolutely feeble. I don't care if you're playing on one leg. you got to – you know, if you're that player you say you are, an MVP-type player, you got to make at least one basket and get your team out of there with the win. So they're in big trouble, as we know. They're in huge trouble. And they're not – right now, they might be able to take the Bucks, but they, can't, they couldn't beat Kevin Durant right now because Kevin Durant right now is at a level where, as you know, uh, off that game the other night, and he's not going to do that every night, but he, he would be the best player in that series by far if they played Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, well, I want to talk to you about that uh, series uh, after the break. I want to get into last night and what's going to happen tomorrow night after the break. But I have to ask you about uh, Simmons. What in the Sam hell has happened to Ben Simmons where his confidence is so shot and rattled that he, I mean, when he shoots free throws, I mean, they are literally bricks uh, and he, can't, he, he hits the back of the iron, the front of the iron. He has no semblance of muscle memory at all, Mitch. He is pathetic. And the guy can't shoot a mid-range or a three. He is no. terrible. What has happened to Ben Simmons? His game has gone down
5: the drain. Yeah. Made 4-14 or four from the line. That's it. That's your game right there. Cost him 10 points at the line while Trey Young on the road got to the line 19 times and made 17 think about that
1: I mean have you ever seen anything like a superstar player that plays defense the way Simmons does the way he his size gets to the ten I said earlier on the show oh. I don't deny that a guy can dunk and and shoot layups but he can't do anything else he has absolutely no, he, no other game
5: He gets played like a super he gets paid like a superstar he's not a superstar he's limited He's a limited player, can't shoot, doesn't want to shoot, can't shoot free throws. In the playoffs, teams foul him like Nate McMillan didn't send him to the line. So that's the problem. That's a huge problem for Philadelphia. They just don't have – there are points in these games, they don't have enough proven scores. I'm telling you, it goes back to what I was saying. They have never replaced Jimmy Butler. Whether you like Jimmy Butler or not, he filled a role for them. He can go get a shot late in the shot clock, late in a game, and make something out of nothing. They don't have anybody like that who's proven. Not Seth Curry. Forget about Tobias Harris. They got a couple of guys who were way overpaid. Way overpaid. They got uh, Maxie gave him nothing.
1: Thibault gave him six. Milton gave him oh. five. George Hill, two. He's worthless, too. Uh, I have to tell you, yeah. but I listen, I wouldn't put that guy in a game to save his ass. I would still play, I swear to God, I would play Milton and Hill before I would even let Ben Simmons on the floor with as bad and as jinxed as he is. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mitch Lawrence about, A, the Nets and Bucks, B, the Utah and Clipper game right now, and C, the firings today and CP3 and all the NBA news. We're talking to Mitch Williams, NBA Radio.
0: Winning isn't a mystery. It's remaking the odds in your favor by
5: developing a strategy through deftly applied expert information and insights. Where do you get this information? Right here. Well, duh. Get the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: All right, for all bench. By the way, Byron just scored on a breakaway for Montreal. Three nothing. Two minutes left in the second. That game's over in Vegas. You can forget about that. You're not scoring three goals on Carey Price in the third period. I'll believe it when I see it. They'll go to the Bell Center in Montreal. That series will be one one. And uh, Vegas suddenly has their hands full. They got dominated physically in that game tonight, all over the ice, both ends, and pushed around, hit around, and messed around with by the Canadians, unbelievable. And I took that puck line, goal and a half as well. Nice bet there at the very least. And I warned you uh, on Coast to Coast say that that guy can beat you, be very leery of laying 295 on the money line. I said I was scared to death with Vegas. I didn't trust him uh, tonight against Carey Price. He's a dangerous customer. We're not going to mention Lawrence about the NBA, though, right now. The second game is 26-25, Utah up on the Clippers, three and a half left in the first. Uh, I don't even want to begin to guess what's going to happen in this game. What do you think, Mitch, of the news of uh, Kawhi Leonard's knee? Sounds like an ACL. Sounds like he's done. I saw him him when he landed on it, that he had tweaked it, his right knee. And it sounds more and more as the day goes on that he's finished. And what do you think, uh, at the end of the day, when you saw that, what did you think
5: was going to happen to their prospects? Done. Over. It's all, what are you going to do? It could depend on, like, you're going to say to Paul George, carry us home? Come on. I mean, they're done. They can't win without Kawhi Leonard. We know that. So the big thing is what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard. Is he going to resign there? Is he going to leave? Is he going to put Paul George who's out the door? This is another failure, epic failure by the Clippers, just to get to a conference finals. I think last year after they blew that 3-1 lead and didn't play the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals in the bubble, I think I saw a statistic where they're the only team in the four major sports in North America that has never qualified for a conference finals in its respective sport. We're talking football, basketball, baseball or hockey, which is pretty incredible. So well, what are they going to do without Kawhi Leonard? They can't beat this Utah team, even without Mike Conley Jr. I, I would suspect they're dead, and last year Doc Rivers paid for it. Who's going to, you know, is, is someone going to pay for it here? Is it going to be Lawrence Frank? Is, it gonna be, is he going to be out the door? He runs, you know, he's the big guy in the front office along with Jerry West. They would never do anything with Jerry West because he's an icon, but will they make a move with Lawrence Frank? I don't know. I mean, but this is uh, curtains. It's got to be curtains for the Clippers. They cannot, I cannot believe that they could actually win this series without him do you think
1: that uh, okay so let's say he wasn't injured and he had the games that he had in LA and it was 2-all did you like their prospects going into Salt Lake tonight if he's healthy
5: yeah as long as he's playing like, like we've seen him play in this, in this situation of course because Utah also the problem with Utah is they missed Mike Conley Jr. I mean Donovan Mitchell the first couple of first quarters out in Los Angeles he was invisible he needs help but, yeah, I mean, the the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard are a team that sometimes you look at them and you go, you know what, they could probably get to an NBA Finals, maybe win it, who knows. But without them, there's no way. I can't believe that they could actually get out of this series alive. If you think about what happened to Kawhi Leonard and then add on to it the Chris Paul COVID mess, I mean, this is a great day for the Utah Jazz. They should They should automatically get to the NBA Finals, right? Well,
1: I guess, so, uh, you know, on paper that would, you know, seem, and, you know, on the mind that would seem uh, to be uh, inevitable, but uh, I also, I want to get your opinion on Paul. I think that, frankly, what I'm hearing is is that he's under, you know, protocols whatever, but I'm hearing that yeah. if he can pass two tests, if he can pass two <laughs> tests, that he'll uh-huh. he'll be able to play in game one. Oh yeah. Uh, let's say yeah, let's say right. hypothetically so the league's going to bend the to. rules for
5: Chris it, it, Paul, right? They're, but, they're, well, of course, there's but, no established well, well, They did for LeBron. Here. The league is like
1: making they, it up they, as the a Hold on, Mitch. Mitch. They they bend the rules for LeBron, so they're going to bend them
5: yeah. for Chris Paul, aren't they? Well, who's on all the State Farm commercials? Who's the president of the Players Association? And by the way, all these people who said nah, it wasn't that he tested. You know, he he didn't test positive for. I don't think LeBron James and Chris Paul have ever been vaccinated because if they were, they'd be doing PSAs on TV telling everybody, go get your shots. Do you see that with LeBron or Chris Paul? No, you don't.
1: Well, they did say that he is vaccinated today. I, I did hear that he is vaccinated, but, he, but that he got it uh, allegedly. And then I guess, you know, I have to tell you, uh, Mitch, I think that uh, that team, if you ask me, flat out, I think they're playing the best basketball of anybody on either coast. They've won seven
5: in a row. They've won seven in a row. Barkley's son's teams, Mike D'Antoni with Steve Nash, never won seven playoff games in a row. They won the last three games of the Lakers series. They got lucky. No Anthony Davis, right? We know all about that. LeBron limited, whatever. And then they go in and they beat up Denver without Jamal Murray. Four games. There's seven. Nobody. I mean, seven playoff wins in a row. You're a hell of a team. Usually, a team wins seven playoff games in a row. That's a championship caliber team. But without Chris Paul, they're not going anywhere. They got to have Chris Paul out on the court because he dominates. I mean, he. Do- How does he not uh, look? I, I'm. This is unbelievable. How did he finish not in the top three for MVP? That's ridiculous that he, did, he was not in there over a guy like Steph Curry. You've got to be kidding me. What he meant to that team, the leadership he brought to that team, these guys, Booker and Aiton, they hadn't done anything in their pro careers before he got there. They had done nothing. All they had done was lose. Devin Booker goes out and scores 70 points and loses. I mean, come on. It's been all Chris Paul. Were you it's not surprised what they did in the bubble last year. It's
1: Chris Paul. Were you surprised that, he, uh, that Booker didn't make one of the
5: three all-NBA teams? I was. Hey, here's the deal. When two Clippers make an all-NBA team and the top-seeded teams in the East and West don't have more than one guy, or when Phoenix doesn't have more than one guy, you know, it's the media voting. What do these media guys know? And the real danger of this whole media thing, voting, as you know, is that there's money tied to it because you make these all-NBA teams, you're up for max contracts and all that stuff. That's a mistake the league has to definitely change. They should never let the media determine who's going to make a ton of money. But, yeah, I got a problem with uh, why, why, why shouldn't there be two Phoenix Suns? They have the second-best record in the league. There should probably be two Phoenix Suns on the all-NBA team. What they need to so also think- do, get rid of the positions. Get rid of positions. Rudy Gobert not an all-NBA player. Don't 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 start with me on that. Just because he's a center, he's got to be on the team. Come on, Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Jazz. We know that he should have been All NBA.
1: And what about Tatum being left off? How's that guy not All NBA? At least
5: third third team. And it cost him a lot of money. It cost him thirty three million dollars that he didn't make the team. So yeah, there's that's, a lot of complaints. I mean, BS. look, this is always this is a very very troubling thing. Adam Silver has to figure out. They have to determine how people are going to make money aside from what the media says they should do. I mean, it's, it, that to me, that's just a bad thing that they did. Whoever thought of that, like LeBron said about the playing games, whoever jumped that up should be fired.
1: So tell me what you thought of, and, and let me I'll give you a brief synopsis. I thought, uh, and I want to ask your opinion on Van Gundy and Brooks. Van Gundy to me, no one, uh, first of all, Ingram and Zion, he didn't make them good. Uh, What he didn't do was make anybody else on that team good, and he used to be allegedly a defensive coach, and they were one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. So I'm not surprised he got fired at all. And then Brooks, I'm hearing that so many people like the way he develops players that he actually will be uh, in in a gig in short order, that he won't be out of work long,
5: but that Van Gundy, I believe he's finished coaching. He probably is. Now, the problem there is he finished, you know, he followed Alvin Gentry. The players ran all over Alvin Gentry because Alvin Gentry's a nice guy. Stan, Stan went in there and he wanted people to play defense, although he didn't coach it well. You're absolutely right. And he wanted people to be accountable. The problem for Stan was Brandon Ingram didn't like his his coaching, how he, how he dealt with players. And Zion's stepdad didn't like that, too. And there was a big rumor out there that Zion, through his stepdad, floated out the notion you know what, if you keep Stan, I wouldn't resign here when it comes time for me to get another contract. So it was a big problem for David Griffin. That, was, that turned out to be a bad hire, so they had to their ties. But, yeah, Stan didn't get along. If you don't get along with your two young stars, that's a problem. And you know what, we'll see if Teresa Weatherspoon gets that job. Whoever gets that job has to have very good relationships and rapport with the star players, or else they're going to get fired too. And as for Scott Brooks, look, There's a great job in Orlando, and I've been saying for a couple of weeks, Kenny Atkinson, who developed talent in Brooklyn, young guys, he should be up for the Orlando job because all Orlando has is young talent that needs to be developed. So if that's what people think about Scott Brooks, maybe his name will be involved in that. So let me ask you this question, Mitch. Do you think, because you mentioned uh, Teresa
1: Weatherspoon, I think she's great. But what about Staley and and Becky Hammond? I I think – I think they all deserve a shot at some point. Do you think one of them or more will actually get a head coaching job this year, or will it be the same old story, recycled bottle water NBA coaches that have had 15 jobs like Dan Tony? I wouldn't hire him if you paid me. Has he not proven enough that he can't get it done? All he does is the same thing everywhere he goes. Why not something fresh for the league? Can't, does anyone have any stones to hire these women?
5: Hmm. That's a great question. I don't know. You know, Carol Lawson is also up for the Boston job, and there are people like Brian Scalabrini who know her, who watch her, and think the world of her in terms of she'd be a great hire for the Boston Celtics. I guess she worked for them in the past, and so she's at Duke now. So you've got to also think she might be in the mix. Seriously, how about the Boston, Boston Celtics hiring a woman coach? But we'll see. I mean, not, you know, Becky, Becky Hammond's name's been out there for the last, what, four or five years nobody's hired her. I just don't know if there's something where where they think, you know what, these guys won't listen to them. Yeah, it sounds like it's a great idea. We'd be looked at as pioneers, all that stuff, helping the, you know women break through, and guys don't want to do it. So I don't know what the problem is. But you also have a situation where you have a lot of assistant coaches who have long paid their dues, who can't get head coaching jobs. We, you know, do I have to remind you about Patrick Ewing? Nobody ever talks about Patrick Ewing for the Orlando job. I know he's at Georgetown, but the guy was an assistant at Orlando for years. People know him down there. Nobody talks about them, so there's that problem too. But we'll see. We'll see if anybody has the guts to hire a woman's coach. They should. Somebody probably should because these, you know, they they know what they're doing, and they just have to go out and get get the opportunity to prove themselves.
1: All right. Lastly, I got to ask you, Mitch. Uh, Durant went off, uh, and I, respectfully, how much time do I got, Mafia? Okay. Respectfully, I got two minutes, Mitch. Uh, what happens now that they go? Back to Milwaukee, the way Milwaukee dominated that game, I got a hard time believing they're not going to win game six and we're going to go back to Brooklyn
5: for seven. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they'll be for seven. I mean, I don't know what Kevin Durant, first of all, can they go after James Harden? James Harden basically was going through the motions, and Mike Budenholzer didn't have the wherewithal to figure out they needed to attack him. Could they please attack him in Game 6? We'll see. Durant's not going to give them another performance like that. Maybe he'll have to do it in Game 7. You know that you're not going to get anything from Kyrie. He's done for this series. So, yeah, Milwaukee could still bounce off the mat here. But they're a dumb team, like Charles Barkley says. You watch everything that they do offensively, and you shake their head. And how they didn't go after James Harden the other night. And then, by the way, when Giannis had Harden in the post late in the game, and they were down two or three, he takes a fadeaway jump shot against a guy on one leg. It's unbelievable, right? The Bucks are just like, come on, you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's, it's amateur hour with the Bucs. That, that's where Mike Booneholz is going to lose his job.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, and I'll tell you this much though: if they go back for Game Seven in Brooklyn, uh, and they're up 16 at the half, I don't the Bucks are not losing to the Nets again. Up 16 at the half, I thought if it wasn't for Durant, they lose the game by 25. Durant took that game over and won it. Nobody else did jack except Jeff Green. Uh, but I can't wait to see how it plays out. I, I think it's going seven without a doubt. Hey, Mitch, killer stuff tonight. Fantastic. Love you. That was kick-ass. Uh, I'll catch up with all you right. again later in the playoffs. Thanks a lot, buddy. Talk to you. See ya. Thanks. Uh, all right. Mitch Lawrence of NBA Radio. And uh, we'll come back. It's 43-36. Jazz on top early in the second. And Vegas did get a goal. They're down 3-1 to Montreal going to the third. They were going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't like that or condone that at all. I play it straight up, yo. All right, so uh, I told you earlier, uh, Doc Rivers gets all this credit for Boston winning that title, in uh, <laughs> you know, with that light up of Alad, big ticketed Pierce. Are you kidding me? Like I could have coached that team. 09, they're up 3-2 on Orlando. Lose the series. 2010, Celtics up 3-2 on the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Lose. 2012, Celtics up 3-2 on the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Lose. 2013, Clippers up 3-2 on the Jazz. Lose. Game 7 at home. 2014, Clippers blow a 15 point lead in game five for Zoe KC, end up losing in six. 2015, Clippers blow a 3 1 lead to the Rockets. 2016, Clippers up two zip on the Blazers, lose 4 2, lose four straight. 2017, lose game seven at home to the Jazz. 2020, blow a 3 1 lead and lose to the Nuggets. Tonight, blow a 26 point lead. The game before that, an 18 point lead in game four. They blew an 18 point lead and a 26 point lead in two straight games. I'm here to tell you that, I mean, Doc Rivers sucks. That's just all there is to it. He just can't win. He, he doesn't win. The only time he ever won, he had three Hall of Famers playing for him at the same time. He had a super team. And it made him all this money. He, he got all this money to coach. He's, he's like the highest paid coach in a league. And it's because those three guys got him that glory, and they are the reason he's so rich. Because he flat out doesn't win Jack Shaq on his own in uh, in Boston after that, and L.A. with the Clippers, a disaster. And now in Philly, he's, he's digging his own grave. How do you have a guy leave in Simmons for 37 minutes, a guy can't hit the broadside of a barn, and they blow an 18-point lead in Game 4, 26-point lead in Game 5?
3: Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.